Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. We hear it was a difficult night in Ukraine. Let's go to Joseph Lindsley right now, who is in Lviv. Is that where you are right now, Joe? Bob, yes, I've returned to Lviv. Uh, I took the night train last night from Kiev through the hills of Galicia uh, here to the western city of Lviv. And, you know, we've talked about before how peaceful the train is. You don't really have cell service. Uh, so I slept well, and then about an hour before I arrived in Lviv, about 4.30 this morning, I had a few moments of signal, and I could tell that something big and horrible had happened. Uh, I had already I had reports of many explosions that had happened the preceding hours, and there were more missiles incoming. Uh, then as I arrived in Lviv, uh, in the uh, underground passageways uh, to the different train tracks, uh, many people were huddled. As I entered into the main, uh, the main, uh, the really the beautiful grand uh, entryway of the station, uh, I was completely deserted, and I was taking a taxi uh, through the you know fresh cobbled streets after a, you know a, a recent rainfall. There were some people sweeping the streets, uh, so it was very calm. But the whole nation was gripped as to the still unfolding uh, drama, and it seems well t- today, March 9th, is uh, the birthday of Tarashevchenko. He was a 19th century uh, Ukrainian bard who helped restore the Ukrainian language and culture. And so people are feeling the significance of this because today the Russians launched 81 uh, missiles and drones, uh, almost all types of weapons that they've ever sent to Ukraine. Uh, They launched during a period from about uh, really about a seven hour period. Uh, The alarms began to sound just before midnight, uh, Wednesday night, with reports of Russian strategic bombers in the air. By two o'clock in the morning, uh, there were the first reports of explosions uh, with the air defense seeming to work in central Ukraine. Then there were additional reports of uh, unknown aerial objects spotted over the Sea of Azov, as well as three missile carriers in the Black Sea. Uh, at this point, about uh, three o'clock in the morning, most of the country uh, was awake, watching and waiting for what might happen. And then for the next five hours, uh, the Russians used a mixture of missiles and Iranian drones to hit Ukrainian cities and infrastructure. Uh, in the northern city of Zhitomyr, uh, a fleet of Iranian Shahid or suicide drones attacked the city, uh, causing a citywide water outage and significant electrical problems. Uh, here in the Lviv region, uh, the city itself was protected, but in Zolachiv, which is a little town uh, to the north, uh, actually northwest of Lviv, uh, a residential house was hit, and the reports say that five people are dead. Perhaps this was the work, you know, air. Uh, Ukrainian uh, air defense tried to stop missiles from hitting Lviv. Uh, we don't know exactly what happened. Uh, the city of Odessa, not only infrastructure was hit, but also residential buildings, which is pretty unusual there. Uh, also in the cities of Dnipro and Zaporizhia and Mykolaiv, infrastructure was hit. And then uh, the city of Kharkiv, from which I uh, reported uh, to you all for the past month, uh, the Russians shook, shook that city very hard. Uh, you know, just last evening, uh, in the early hours of the evening, the city turned on uh, a lot of the city, the streetlights for the first time in a year. And so people were feeling very nice yesterday. And then just a few hours later, there were 15 uh, rockets that hit the city and its suburbs. And in Kharkiv, because it's so close to Russia, there's only one minute between the launch of these missiles and the time they hit the city. Uh, so it's really hard to intercept that. Uh, and uh, and then in Kiev, the Ukrainian capital, where I was the past two days, uh, uh, energy infrastructure was hit. 
Uh, and then the Russians uh, used the very scary, menacing Kinzhal missile, uh, and that was successful. According to all reports, Ukrainians do not uh, have the means to stop those missiles. Uh, Russia has a very limited supply, and the reports indicate that they sent six of those missiles uh, to Ukraine last night. Uh, I think they can, they can go you know, faster than the speed of sound. Uh, and right now, there is no capacity to stop those missiles. And that's why Ukrainians today are also calling, you know, why they say that the one thing that could help stop that would be the Patriot missile system uh, from the United States. Uh, at about 8 o'clock this morning, you had the all clear after seven hours of everyone, you know, of alert and attack. And then, as if, as if that was not enough, at about 9.30 this morning, the Russians began shelling the city center of the recently liberated uh, city of Kherson. Uh, three were killed and two were injured. And then, quite, uh, I think, a major concern also at the moment, some, during these attacks through the night, uh, the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, which is the largest nuclear power plant in Europe, uh, became de-energized due to Russian shelling. And uh, so it's, it's currently operating on generator power. There's enough fuel for 10 days. Uh, and if, if the power lines are not restored within 10 days, uh, there's concern that this would affect the nuclear cooling and could cause a problem. In fact, today, uh, Rafael Mariano Grossi, who's the director general of the Atomic, uh, International Atomic Energy Associate Agency, said, how can we sit here this morning and allow this to happen? This cannot go on. I am astonished by the complacency. What are we doing to prevent this from happening? Hmm. It's so frightening, and uh, you just can't let your guard down, uh, even when you go through those periods of relative peace. Uh, Joseph, are the Russians still uh, mainly targeting the civilian population and residential buildings? It sounds like it. Yeah, it depends on the, on the city. I mean, for example, in Kiev, th th those Kinzhal missiles are, I mean, they have amazing maneuverability. That's why they're hard to shoot down. They can also be very precise. And so it seems that they did hit the uh, intended infrastructure targets uh, in Kiev. But uh, other weapons and other missiles uh, are, are not so precise. And so if you look, for example, at a city like Kharkiv, uh, it seems that the Russian tactic is more to terrorize the citizens. Uh, and, and, and to make people sort of leave and give up and go away. But as I saw from, you know, the 30 days I just spent there, there's no, you know, every one of these attacks only encourages, uh, increases people's resolve uh, to, to, to stay there and to keep, to, to keep, to keep holding firm. Uh, but it really, it really does depend. And then, of course, you have the other piece of it is that as Ukrainians are, I mean, and especially today, it was difficult because so many different types of weapons were coming uh, into Ukrainian territory. And, you know, the air defense, a lot of that is powered by human intelligence. So just think of the stress of everyone working to keep uh, Ukraine safe, uh, uh, as safe as possible uh, mm -hmm. during the night and morning hours. Uh, but, you know, you, you have to shoot some of these missiles down over Ukrainian territory, which, you know, to mitigate worse damage. But that does cause uh, problems, of course. We talked about an area not too far from you there, uh, Georgia, and I know you have an update on what happened there last night. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was actually sitting at a Georgian restaurant in, Tbil uh, in Kiev last night uh, in honor of my Georgian friends, and I was getting updates on the protest rallies. Uh, they were The Georgian people were in Tbilisi, the capital. They were waving Georgian flags, American flags, and Ukrainian flags. They were singing the Ukrainian national anthem in addition to their own anthem, and then they began to shout no to the Russian law. Uh, the, the ruling uh, party uh, in the parliament was trying to push a law that would restrict free speech and free press and, and, and civil society. And so chanting no to the Russian law, the protesters tried to storm the parliament. Uh, meanwhile, the Georgian president was in New York. 
uh, from meetings with the UN and others. She sided with the protesters. And uh, in the end, at the in sort of late night, uh, the parliament, uh, the ruling party, Georgian Dream, said that they would not uh, keep pushing this, uh, this so- so-called foreign agent law. Uh, but then they also said, uh, the leader of the, the prime minister said, they're going to wait for the emotional background to subside. So I spoke with my Georgian friends and they said uh, that they still plan tonight uh, to gather in Tbilisi to keep protesting. Uh, one says, I do not trust the government. They just stepped back uh, as it became very obvious that the entire nation is against them. And so, and President Zelensky also offered words of support uh, to the Georgian people. And really in that rally, you saw that this, the, everyone sees this as sort of the same struggle against uh, Soviet-minded uh, tyranny. And, and that's why there's such solidarity between the Georgian people and the Ukrainians at this moment. We hope and pray for better news tomorrow, Joseph. Please stay safe. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Bob. Till tomorrow.